Welcome to Leading at the Point of Sale. I'm John Ockapenny. I'm an industry veteran in the startup world, venture capital, and I'm the CEO of a company called NatureBox. This podcast is dedicated towards leading people and navigating tough headwinds. Whether you're the commander of a large tanker or the skipper of a small startup, the decisions you make will be the difference between sinking and sailing into calmer waters. My job is to be curating interviews and the best of the best from Silicon Valley, providing valuable insights and tactics to help you on your journey. Let's get started. Welcome back to Leading at the Point of Sale podcast. I'm excited about my guest today, Ray Martinelli. Ray is the Chief People Officer of Coupa, a spend management platform software company. And he's a veteran of Silicon Valley. He's worked at Alfresco, Service Source, Macromedia, Juniper. Welcome, Ray. How are you today? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing well. I was excited to talk to you today because I think uh, some of the things that you've been experiencing at Coupa uh, are things that other p- chief people officers might be experiencing. Uh, and this last year has been tumultuous for everyone. We've talked about a lot of different topics, but one of the topics I think is interesting is doing acquisitions in during this time. And uh, I'd love to kind of just hear about how your last year has been around that topic. And uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Sure. Yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a, an exciting year for for all of us, and um, certainly um, for for um, for Coupa. So yeah, I mean, we've uh, this last year has been incredibly um, busy for us. We've grown um, from an employee um, headcount sixty percent, and um, that's that's quite a bit for a company that you know we were about fifteen hundred employees, and now we're reaching um, more than three. We're about we're about three thousand now. And wow. during that time, we've acquired about four to five companies. And that's very challenging to do in a time where you're actually not meeting the employees in person. You know, we had uh, ah. over my five and a half years at Coupa, we've done uh, quite a few acquisitions. And one of the things that was exciting about those, we could go out and meet the employees, get in front of them, really yeah. introduce them to our culture. And this year, we've had to do it through Zoom. And that's that's definitely been a challenge, and uh, I, I think we've weathered it. I think we've done a pretty good job, but boy, it's 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 been it's been interesting for sure. Yeah, there's got to be like an entire process when you're approaching a company that you want to bring in as part of your team, your family, right? And and you want to uh, get to know them, you want to break bread with them, uh, bring them to the office, have them shake hands, like all that courtship is sort of like thrown out the door. That's got to be kind of a challenge, even just even up, the, up front and, and the courting process at the beginning. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we do that's very important, obviously, in looking at uh, bringing colleagues into the company through an acquisition, we uh, look at the business proposition, of course, to make sure there's the right uh, partnership and blend. But we also, even more criti- more importantly, look at the, the culture and values of the company and mm. do a pretty good job, I think, up front um, in our BD team uh, through the due diligence process to make sure it's going to be a great fit for both parties. Um, so that work's done up front, but then um, making sure that we're introducing and welcoming those individuals to the company and understanding their unique, the unique uniquenesses that they bring to the table as well. Because um, as a company, our, our philosophy on this is, you know, we are very, uh, excited and and we embrace our culture here but we also know that you know and we embrace the fact that our culture is going to evolve and when we bring 
new colleagues in from acquisitions, we uh, want to make sure that we're blending some of the great things that they bring to the table. And that certainly takes a lot of work to do that through Zoom versus meeting for coffee or over over uh, dinner or lunch. Tell me, tell me about your culture. Like, if if uh, let's say I am CEO of Startup A, and I've got this awesome expense management software that really could tie in really well with you folks. And like, how would you be describing your culture? You know, if, uh, to me as a prospective acquired company. Great, that's a great question. Yeah, um, the way I would describe it is, I would you know go back to the fact that we you know, I've been here five and a half years, and over that time, the culture has definitely evolved, um, and we've been um, open to that evolution because we think it makes as we grow, we get better, and new ideas come into the company, and we grab onto mm. those, ensure mm-hmm. they become part of our fabric. But what is most important that hasn't changed is our core values, and. Those are basically the the platform in which we build all of our programs within the human resources function and certainly um, how we drive our company on a daily basis. So the way I would describe it is we have three core values, you know, customer focusing on customer success, uh, focus mm-hmm. on results and striving for excellence. And those are uh, staples that will not change as we evolve and grow. And I go into detail about those and um, describe how and and how we uh, navigate through that. Yeah, so like I always think that the core values are super important to to communicate internally constantly, but you communicate through stories. You know, are there any stories that you would bring up that that would highlight, you know, core value, uh, you know, for me as a prospective, you know, uh, potential employee and and, uh, partner with you? Sure, sure. Well, first off, but, but before I, I say that, the, the thing that's make that makes it so easy at Coupa to 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 live these values and to to describe them is that our CEO and our executive team um, are passionate about them. So it they live every they live <laughs> they, they live every day every day you're you're experiencing them and seeing them throughout the organization, but in particular at the executive level. Um, an example that kind of sits with me is is really interesting is that um, one of our core values is striving for excellence. And that means, you know, we're, we are never perfect, right? And nor mm-hmm. do we even think we can be perfect. So we continue to look for ways to get better and to learn and to be humble. And as we uh, make mistakes, be accountable for those and step up to ensure that we're learning from them. And I think uh, an example that, uh, that I, I want to call out is, we do um, early. We do emails regarding you know wins when we win a cut win a, a new customer and when there are situations where we may not have um, uh, been as successful. And the rep, sales reps will send notes um, to the team to talk about some of the learnings and some of the things that we could have done better. And there was this one yep. individual that uh, wrote an email that was incredibly eloquent that talked about. Um, the journey of, of the customer and, and why we may not have won that deal at that time. And what was so powerful about it is he talked about how the learnings that he personally um, gained from it, some of the mistakes he made, and described in a thoughtful way how he uh, would recommend other individuals um, address the situations where maybe he didn't do a great job on. And it was really a powerful um, email. And uh, it was so powerful that our CEO 
stepped up and awarded him uh, a 10K, uh, $10,000 bonus just for the fact <laughs> that he demonstrated that core value at a deep level. And I think that's wow. a message to the organization is that, if, you know, you're not going to win all the time, but if you're going to learn from it, you're going to help others um, understand what the best practices might be going forward and take accountability. And um, that was a pretty powerful statement. And there's those kind of things that when you talk about them and see them, they make the values real. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing sort of uh, manifestation of a story that you'll, you remember and that other, I'm sure the rest of the organization remembers. And it's about like sharpening that saw, even like within NatureBox, my, our company, like I think some of the big, biggest learnings that I have is when we lose to an account, you know, it gets a competitive juices flowing and, yeah. uh, it makes you really think, am I really listening to my customers? Which kind of comes back to your other core value about really understanding ultimately, like, what am I missing? Why, you know, why are we not helping that customer? You know? Right. And setting up some measurable results to make sure that you are. And I think for, from my perspective is it, when you think about the values, um, you know, core values are really important. But what's also really important to understand is that you're not going to always um be successful in um, demonstrating those values. There's times where you're going to get stressed out. There's going to be obstacles that have come along the way, but that constant reminding yourself, okay, how could I step up and do better? How can I guide and lead through the organization, through these values in a way that maybe can be challenging at times? And, and those examples that come out uh, are really important and powerful as we bring new employees in to describe some of the things that happen here at a detailed level. Yeah, so the, so talk about that journey for a new a new employee or a new acquired company. You know what what is it going to be like that first two months? Is it is it are they integrated immediately? Do you have them run independently? Like, what are some of the the things that the HR team and the, and the people team is really thinking about as you're onboarding someone or a team? Yeah, first and foremost, um, I, I think from from my perspective, it's really important to understand. Um, the successes and what's valued at the company that's um, going to be part of Coupa. And, you know, sometimes I, and I've seen in the past through acquisitions, you can talk about how great the company they're coming to is, but you forget some of the great successes that they've had. And so we spent mm. a lot of time upfront understanding who they are, what their value system is, some of the challenges they face and some of the, um, successes they've had. And so to make sure that we're integrating that into our story as we bring them on board, because they should feel proud about what they've accomplished. And the other thing we do is we spend time talking about the fact that although they're coming into a company that's typically larger and maybe uh, more established than them, that we're here to learn from them and that they should be very uh, comfortable stepping up and pushing back on things that they think that we could be doing better. So we do a lot of that work up front with the leadership of the company that we're acquiring to make sure that we're all aligned on that because this is a journey we're going to be on together. Um, and then we, we put a lot of effort into the onboarding process, um, meaning we talk, we upfront talk about our values. We talk about how we work. We give a lot of examples on that and we talk, we have different leaders come in and talk about that as well. And then one of the things that we do um, several months after the acquisition has taken place and, and people are, employees are getting integrated, we have a workshop called Coupa Core where we bring in uh, a group of employees to a workshop and we not only bring employees that have been acquired, but also employees that have been with the company 
for a while and talk about our core values at a deep level and go through examples and how to navigate through those and how to um, some of the challenges that we're all facing as we um, grow and, and how those values sometimes get tested. And it's really powerful to bring employees in that have just been here uh, for a while that have come from an acquiring company and also employees that have been here um, uh, at Coupa for a while and, and see the synergies and the connections that occurred. So we put a lot of emphasis on this for sure. It sounds like you're, you're trying to make sure they marinate a little bit, right? yeah, <laughs> get in, yeah. they yeah. see it, they see a few, see it. You would say like, see around the quarter, you know, they're they'll walk the halls a little bit, but they're actually not really walking the halls. They're kind of zooming around, I yes. guess. So yes. Yes. Has, has that workshop like just changed with, with, with the COVID? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. We used to do it in person, right? And then mm-hmm. that created mm-hmm. a whole nother level of, of connection. But we're finding that even through Zoom, it's we're seeing um, that connection occur, and we're we're doing a you know we have a buddy program where people follow up with other people, and I and I think it's it's creating a connection that it may be not as powerful as in person, but it's certainly there, and certainly something that we'll continue to do even when we're all you know when the pandemic is quote unquote over. We'll still want to take some of these best practices and and realize that you can get a broader reach through Zoom or through those, um, you know, doing it online versus always being in person. Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, with sixty percent of your company you've never met face to face, I imagine you're just are you going to kind of lean into that, you know, after after vaccines are, are shot, or are you going to really kind of want people to come? to an office and be together? Like, um, are you gonna bring everyone back? Yeah, we're working through that right now, John. We don't, we don't have the answer. What, when we make decisions like this, we really we wanna make sure that we're really clear and thoughtful about how we make those decisions and the best thing for the company and the employee. I mean, through mm-hmm. the whole pandemic, the primary focus has been employee and customer safety. And that's been upfront and there's been no negotiation around that. As we go forward, um, there's certainly been things through this pandemic that I'm hoping and we are capturing as best practices. So, I mean, I and I probably could go to any company and talk about this and it would be the same example. But if you go pre, yep. pre-COVID, we had always had remote employees and employees in the office. And you'd go into a conference room and you'd have a, let's say you'd have a meeting and there'd be five people around the table and maybe one person on, um, on the phone or on video. And there would be some people on Zoom and not others. And sometimes the person on, that was remote would kind of get lost in the process and people would forget they were there. Um, yeah. Th- this We've really leveled the playing field with, with the pandemic and the way we're doing it. And we want to take those best practices to make sure that employees that are remote are feeling as included as they have this last year, which is kind of ironic. You know, you would think of it, but it's something that we're going to look at and carry on. And we will probably do more trainings um, via video and um, Zoom, for example, because I think we can do a broader reach, but we still wanna bring people in on, in in to the office because collaboration in person is also pretty powerful. So I think we'll do a blend, we'll have a blended approach. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So, so Ray, tell me about, some of the le- harder lessons, like what what went what went wrong, like what didn't work. Are there are there lessons that you've learned through doing these acquisitions? I mean, you did them before COVID, you did them after. There's inorganic and organic growth. Sure. You know what what are some of the mistakes or you know tips for someone that might be just starting a new you know new acquisition program from um, 
on the acquiring side. Yeah, I, I wish I could say everything we've done is perfect, but uh, you, <laughs> you would know that's a lie, and people would probably turn off right now. Um, so I, I, I think the biggest learning from my perspective, and I think others would agree, is when you're doing an acquisition, you, you know, the acquisition hits, and you're you're doing your your day job, right? And then all of a sudden an acquisition hits and it's additive to what you're doing on a daily basis. So, mm -hmm. I, I, so it's all this, you know, you're, you're running at, at full speed and all of a mm -hmm. sudden there's all this extra work that's coming to come to play and you want to do it right. And so I think uh, from my learnings is, and we're doing it is make sure that you can, there are individuals that you can pull out of the day-to-day -day, um, work and really focus their, 100% of their energy on the integration process. And we've, mm. we've done that. We're, we're starting to do that in creating a playbook and things that we can leverage. Um, I also think that um, although we make great efforts to do this, when you're running fast is taking time to really understand where the individuals are coming from, um, what their successes mm. have been, what their challenges um, have been. And um, also spending time giving context to why we're doing certain things. And so mm. we've learned that over the last couple of years as, as we've done acquisitions to take that time and really listen and focus because people want to understand, understand why you've got to where you got to. But we also need to understand where, why they're doing what they're doing, why, what, how they've you know, been successful, et cetera, in, in the company. So taking that time. And, and really putting the energy into that is really, really important because I think it pays off significantly. And when you're moving it sounds fast, sometimes you don't take the time to do that. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is like you're flying the plane, you're trying to build at the same time, you just brought in this new appendage and uh, you need to kind of discipline yourself to take that time. And then the communication is really critical. How, how important is it that the CEO is spending time with those new founders, like those new people like that. I imagine that's taxing on, on a CEO and, and the C and the chief people officer. But um, again, trying to fly the plane as CEO, you really excited about this new team, but man, you got to spend some real quality time. I imagine. Yeah. Rob, I mean, Rob does, does a great job on that. I mean, he, he spends up time um, once uh, obviously prior to the acquisition, but once we do the integration he does a town hall. He's very open. He's he's um, incredibly um, authentic in the way he approaches it. So I think that's a that's been a fantastic thing for us because people get to know him at a level that uh, it's, it would be hard to do if we weren't doing a town hall kind of thing. And he's been doing that through Zoom. We also um, have quarterly all hands where people get to learn a lot about what we're doing in the business and Rob. And uh, that's that's been really important as well. The other thing is he's, he's very open to people call, you know, emailing him or connecting with him and uh, people do that to give him some feedback and things that are happening. As far as I'm concerned, I, I, that's a primary part of my role <laughs> is to make sure that there's that connection and that people are feeling welcomed. So I, 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 I spend time doing that. I used to really enjoy going out to the offices um, when we acquired a, a new company and spending time with them and getting to know them. Um, I have to tell you, it's been a challenge doing it through Zoom because I like yeah. personal connection and getting up and talking to people and then joking with them. And it's it's hard through Zoom. Yeah. Um, but it's this Italian Italian in you wants to break bread. And, yeah, and, yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And, and, and people, when you meet people in person, 
um, and, 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 and on their turf, if you will, it's much yeah. easier to, to have follow-up, but you know, we're, we're making connections and I'm spending some time making sure that I'm following up with people, et cetera. And certainly, um, you know, we have a, a open door policy here. So anybody at any time can, can text me, um, um, send me an email, uh, Slack me or whatever you want to do. And, and uh, we're there to, to talk. And we learn a lot through that. So Ray, you, you have had like a great career in Silicon Valley and you've probably worked with lots of different CEOs, right? And so in many ways, the chief people officer is sort of the, um, you know, sergeant in arms or the, the com- comrade of the CEO, right? They're, they're, uh, what advice, I mean, there's different kinds of different leaders, right? So, you know, what, what is your top advice for CEOs when you maybe, you know, either you're mentoring a CEO or a younger CEO that's kind of going through a process, like what are the tips or things that you really think are really important for the chief people officer to communicate and, and help, help a CEO do what deal? Yeah, I, I, I think from my perspective, I, I think one of the, there, there's a couple of things that, that I call out. I, it's really important from my perspective that the CEO be really clear on how he or she wants to build the company and what the mm-hmm. value system of the company is, whatever that mm-hmm. may be, right? And mm-hmm. be very clear, be very authentic about it and mm-hmm. spend a lot of time uh, making sure that they're articulating that and, um, and and making sure that their executive team is aligned on that. Because if you have that and you're clear on it, whatever those values may be, um, it, 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 it'll live longer and it'll be uh, much more authentic in the way that it's communicated as a company grows and scales. And certainly our CEO at Coupa, Rob, uh, it, it, he's just incredible at that. And uh, it's made my job so much easier. I also... Yes. Uh, advice I have is make sure that you're relentless in regards to bringing in talent to the organization. Um, mm. I, you know, as a company grows and scales and moves and, and it's moving at the speed in which most, most of us do, um, hiring can sometimes be, um, you, you can lose the momentum around it in regards to the making sure you're hiring the best talent that not only have the functional skills, but also aligned to the value system and um, losing that and, and all of a sudden letting go of, some of the, the rigor around that can have huge impact to the company. And so I, I think a CEO needs to be on top of that all the time. Yeah. It's getting the right people on the bus, right? So yeah. Yeah. Focus and, and being open to the fact that sometimes you'll make a mistake and moving quickly to in, in being respectful to the individuals you bring on board that may not fit into the company and helping them uh, either finding another role for them or, or helping them move on, but uh, being honest and authentic about it. Cause you're not going to get it right all the time. Um, and then yeah. the, the, the last comment I, I, I would say is uh, I, I think one of the things that I find it, it can be really challenging for a CEO is that as a company grows, um, that CEO has to evolve as well, right? And mm. um, you know, in the earlier stage companies, you know, CEO may um, do a, do a lot more. Um, you know, have to be a, much more um, 
command and control in the way they get things done simply because there's not enough people to help and do that. But then as a company mm -hmm. evolves, they have to bring in the talent and start evolving themselves. And um, I, I think always striving for excellence and being and realizing that, you know, you're going to have to change the way you do things and evolve is really important as well. And I think some of the best CEOs that I've worked with um, have that capability, right? They're evolving as well, and you see it. And it's exciting to see that because it inspires other people to do the same thing. Yeah, it's sort of like this this awareness, self-awareness of Absolutely. their own strengths and weaknesses and really you know, attacking that through finding other great talent that, that could really help them. Yeah, and, and, and letting go, right? Letting other people mm. do things. Mm -hmm. and, but, but again, it, I go back to if you hire the right talent, that's aligned to the value system of the company, um, you're going to feel much more comfortable letting go of some of the things. And although they may do it differently, you're, you're going to have confidence that they're going to do it in a way that makes sense and aligns with the company's value system. Yeah, that's great advice. I'm experiencing that myself. <laughs> you know, it's like often. you, it, it's too often like uh, uh, you kind of have a vision of what you want to get done and, and like have a marketing campaign in mind. And um, it doesn't kind of exactly match up with like what you might have envisioned. And so, uh, but you got to put the guardrails down and say, now you take it and do what you've got to execute from here on. I can't, I can't be involved. Absolutely. And, and I think the other, last thing which it's kind of obvious but i think it's so important is to uh, establish the trust in the organization because um a ceo is a, being a ceo is a tough role as you know and um i, I i'm always amazed at at individuals that are in that role how you know the responsibility that they have and it, but if you if you trust if you create a trusting environment where people feel that they can speak up respectfully and, and have differences of opinion, that's going to make things move a lot faster because you're not dealing with all the political stuff that you have to deal with. And that trust as a CEO, knowing that people can trust what they, you know, that they could, that they're not going to feel, uh, they're not going to be, um, uh, it's not going to be punitive if they say something different than um, maybe the CEO um, Mm -hmm. is suggesting and they do it in a thoughtful respectful way and they feel comfortable doing that you're gonna you're gonna um break a lot of barriers and be able to work through things quickly and and, and that to me is is really important to to, to have in place because you, know, you don't want all those political uh, uh barriers to to hearing the truth from the from the employees right uh oh man i i uh 100 agree it Trust is um, part of the part of being able to kind of create trust is actually be vulnerable, right? So, my, ex my experience when I took over uh, my company, like I, you know, took it over from another CEO that had been there for five years. In my first meeting, exec staff is was you know to talk about something you might not have known about me. You know, I I've had dyslexia, right? So I'm like not perfect. I was exposing myself for you know. I actually think it's my own superpower, but, but, um, uh, it was really kind of like, uh, it just kind of like drop, drop the shades a little bit. Everyone's can start. Okay. I can, I can trust this person. So absolutely. Hopefully. And, and for me, yeah. that gets me as an individual and an employee, you know, regardless if I'm the chief people officer, I, I get inspired and excited when I know that I can 
um, be honest and truthful and give my perspective because it, it, yep. it alleviates some of the anxiety and stress, right? That you, that if you feel uncomfortable saying something because you don't know what the repercussions are. But um, yeah. I, it's one of the things that I value at Coupa is that, you know, I, I can speak my mind just as long as I'm being respectful and thoughtful about it. I also don't value somebody just coming in with ideas and no solutions, right? You know, we, if, any, if somebody brings something up, it's it's complete with the solution and idea as well, right? And let's brainstorm and think through it rather than throwing it over to me as an issue, right? So, yeah. Well, Ray, I, I uh, appreciate your your time. The the you know trust, authenticate, authentic, you know, um, leadership, um, and uh, the kind of communication. It sounds like uh, you know Coop is, is has the right hand on the on the steering wheel. Uh, around uh, values and people management. So really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for spending time with uh, for us on this podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. And um, and it goes without saying, you know, I hope, um, you know, you, you continue to stay healthy and, and um, weather through this incredibly t- um, challenging time, but um, hopefully we'll all come out better for it. Yeah, I'm excited about this next year. You know, vaccines coming out, getting back to some normalcy. It'll be uh, it'll be really it'll be a great year. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. One final note before we cast off is I want to thank our sponsors, which is NatureBox, dedicated to providing engagement, wellness snacks that can reduce stress in one's body using adaptogenic plant-based ingredients and services to really help HR departments and executives motivate their teams with these wonderful perks at home. Don't take it from us. Take it from some of our big customers, Google, Facebook, and others. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.